Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to our sermon this week. Uh, as we continue in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be talking about um, our treasures in heaven. We'll be talking about fasting. And um, also, I, there's actually an Old Testament passage that pairs with this that you can find online if you need it. Um, but as we go in the New Testament here, we'll go ahead and continue with Matthew chapter 6. Um, and I'm actually... Um, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read sections as we go, and so I'll have it open. But just so you know, it's verses 16 through 24. Matthew 6, 16 through 24. Um, and so what do we do with these things? What do these passages have to do with one or the other? If you've already read it, you'll see that it talks about first about fasting, and then Jesus talks about treasures in heaven. Um, and, and with this passage, it's, it's interesting because fasting is something that none of us, or not all of us, are really familiar with. Some of us maybe have never really done it. Um, but Jesus, just like with prayer and with giving, he says here, when you fast, just like when you pray, when you give, it is expected that we will fast as his followers. And so uh, when you fast, he says, don't look miserable, right? Um, it says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So we see here very similarly with prayer and with giving that Jesus says, don't do it for the recognition of others. He says, actually, instead of looking somber or looking hungry or looking with a sunken in face and tired eyes or something, he says, smile, be joyful, look nice, right? Don't make it look like you're fasting and, and, and so talk about it all the time. And, and as I mentioned, you know, fasting is not something we all do. So what is fasting? What is the goal of fasting? What is the purpose of it? Um, you know, we can extend it to many things, but usually it's, it's with food right? To fast with food. And, and, and if you're anything like me, you absolutely love food. If you watch my children's sermons, I talk about food all the time, right? I'm constantly looking forward to my next meal. I'm constantly thinking about it because I just love food. I love good food and that's okay, right? And, and this is a way of getting my attention when Jesus says, hey, so when you fast, Sam, wait a minute, what? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to, to be fasting, right? And Jesus says, yeah. So we're going to talk about fasting. And I just want to be clear first what fasting is not. <laughs> fasting is not forgetting to eat, skipping a meal uh, just because. Or it's definitely not dieting, right? Fasting is not dieting. So do not think that fasting is, is dieting. No, um, just like, you know, kind of like silence and solitude, um, those spiritual disciplines are not being bored. When we're, when, when we're bored or have no one to hang out with, we're, we're practicing the spiritual discipline of solitude? No. It's, it's, it has to be intentional. Right? Um, fasting is something that should be intentional, that should be entered into with a desire to hear and to focus on God. It's a spiritual practice, much like prayer, that we intentionally enter into as followers of Jesus. It is practicing um, something that brings us closer to God. Right? Um, and Jesus thinks it's really important. And we see, of course, how important it is in Luke chapter 4, when, when Jesus goes into the desert actually and fasts for 40 days. Jesus fasts for 40 days after his baptism. 
All right? And so we know that this is very important. Jesus, this is something he practiced. And he wasn't the only person in Scripture. If you read through, uh, Moses fasted for 40 days also. So did Elijah. Our Old Testament passage uh, from Daniel, or excuse me, from David, um, after his sin with Bathsheba and, and their child was sick, it says that he fasted for a week. Um, there's fasting throughout Scripture, various times and lengths and for different purposes. And as I mentioned, you know, we, it's something we're supposed to do. So, so why? Well, well, sometimes, as we saw with our Old Testament passage with David, sometimes it's actually for the purpose of discernment. It's for the purpose of connecting with God more in prayer and in discernment to figure out what God wants or to plead with God about something. Like I said, when David committed his sin with Bathsheba, she was pregnant. And when they had the child, part of David's punishment was actually the baby was sick. And so David, for a week, it says that he wore sackcloth and ashes and in this position of mourning and was fasting, not eating, pleading with God to save and to heal the child. Um, and some ha- have used fasting for this purpose, for discernment, for answer to prayer, something along those lines, right? Um, historically, the church has fasted for the season of Lent, right? Maybe some of you have fasted in Lent for 40 days leading up to Easter as a preparation for Easter, sort of to, to ask God to reveal things to you or to spend specific time in prayer. This is some of the things fasting is used for. We don't eat so that um, we, we, we can focus on God. Because when you are hungry, um, it could consume you. And so the idea of fasting is that you feel hunger, pains, and then you pray about this issue or you, you petition God about this issue. Um, you meditate, you read scripture, whatever it might be, fasting is supposed to sort of get our focus off of food and focus on God. However, that is not all fasting is. Right? Sometimes fasting is not really for anything specific. Sometimes it's just simply to be with God. Sometimes it's to be nearer to God. Right? That's what it looks like Jesus was doing in, in Luke chapter 4. After he was baptized, he goes out in the desert and fasts for 40 days. And it doesn't tell us that he was praying for anything specifically. It doesn't tell us that he was seeking discernment or wisdom about a specific issue. He was just going to be with God. Right? And the scripture tells us that fasting is right there with prayer. Read through Matthew 6, right? He says, when you give, and then when you pray, and then when you fast. Three great components of the spiritual life. Giving to others, praying to God, and then fasting, abstaining from things of this world that we would remain connected to our Father. It can be through prayer and discernment, and it's a spiritual discipline, fasting. It's something that we are called to do that requires discipline. That requires hard work, but the God that God has asked of us. It can, in a way, similar to prayer. It's very closely related to prayer, fasting is. In a, in a similar way, it can also bring us comfort and peace. We can help process something we've gone through. We can think about the future. We can pray for something specific. But what it does is it helps us focus with God. Fasting is a way for you and for me to connect with our Lord. It helps, it, helps, it helps us feel nearer to God. It helps us. It's hard to quantify. Prayer 
It's thinking about needs of others. It's, it's praying for God's kingdom to come like we talked about last week. And in the same way, fasting is something that can help us connect with God. So when you do it, Jesus says, keep it private. Because this is between you and the Lord. And then Jesus actually goes into some more instruction for his listeners. Jesus then continues on in verses 19 through 21 and talks about treasures in heaven. And at first, it doesn't seem like the two are related, but I think they are. He says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says to his followers, hey, think about and consider where you are storing things. What is your priority? Are you storing up things on earth? Are you seeking the wealth and the good things of earth? Or are you seeking the things of heaven? We talked about this at length last week, right? With the kingdom of heaven. Justice and righteousness. A simple question for us is what are we clinging to? What's most important to us? Because remember the famous English idiom, he who dies or she who dies with the most toys still dies. And so he tells his followers, very simple, very good wisdom that we know to be true. Do not focus on the treasures of this earth, but instead on the treasures of heaven. We're not going to go into those too much because we've gone over them greatly with the blessings of the Beatitudes and the kingdom of heaven in the, in the, in the Lord's Prayer last week. So we'll continue on to verse 22 and 23, where Jesus continues in the same line of teaching, but it seems very different. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? <laughs> that seems a bit out of place, doesn't it? What do you mean you go from fasting to treasures in heaven? And maybe I can see a connection there, but then this whole thing about light? Okay. Then he actually goes back to something that fits more with treasures in heaven. Look at verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Isn't this interesting? See, at first read, it sort of seems like one doesn't have as much to do with the other, and they're sort of not even. Or that maybe the treasures in heaven and the master part go really well together, but the middle part about the eyes doesn't make a lot of sense. So let me, I don't think Jesus did this randomly, okay? And I don't think uh, he just sort of jammed these teachings together for no reason. I think it's very intentional, you know? Um, and, and, and when I first read it, this is exactly how I thought. I thought that the eye thing was a bit odd, and it was sort of, to be, to be totally honest, was throwing me off a little bit. What does he mean about the eyes of the lamp of the body and, and our eyes and what we're seeing and darkness and light and this whole thing? So when we look at this, in the context of Jesus' whole teaching in Matthew 5 and 6, it begins to make more sense. When we look at it with fasting and treasure um, and, then, and then serving another master, I think it began to make more sense. So if we look at this whole Sermon on the Mount, it's about righteousness, really. It's about understanding the righteousness in the kingdom of God. Right? Matthew 6 1 says that when you practice your righteousness before others, do it this way giving to the poor, praying, fasting, treasures in heaven. And it's not just talking about individual righteousness, because we talked about this last week with the, the, the 
Lord's Prayer. This is also about communal righteousness. This is about our righteousness practice together as a community. Bringing the kingdom to earth in a righteous way. Looking all the way back to Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes, he says what? Blessed are those who seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. See, we know what Jesus is talking about here. It is those who follow me, those who believe and trust in my teachings will experience blessings in this life. Right? And these blessings come through our individual and communal righteousness following Jesus' teaching. And so last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer, and then tonight we talk, or today we talk about fasting. And each of those are that so you and I would experience God's presence. We pray to connect with God, but we also abstain from food or fast from some other thing. Maybe it's internet, maybe it's television. Uh, we, we cut something out of our lives so that it would be filled with God. And we see this in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. So they're very related, right? That we would be filled with the things of God each and every day, right? And then Jesus goes into, after the prayer and then fasting, then he goes into treasures in heaven, right? Which is a proverb that any one of us can understand, that we should be investing in those things that matter most. How? Through prayer, through fasting, through other ways. And then he begins to warn us. He starts with the treasures in heaven. He says, don't invest where moth and rust and thieves can break in. And then he goes to the light and the dark, and he says, that, that, do not look to the things that are dark. Do not serve money. Do not serve a separate master. See, what Jesus is talking about, as I mentioned, this, this righteous life of the believer and the blessings found there. And so we pray to experience God's blessing. We fast to experience God's blessings. And then Jesus actually warns us of three things that might take this blessing from us, that might rob us of our righteousness, either communally or individually. First, he says, beware of what you're investing in on earth. Beware of putting all of your hope on earthly treasures. Because if we as a community invest too much on earthly treasures, if we as individuals or as families invest too much in earthly treasures, they can be taken from us. He says our worth, our storing up of treasures must be in heaven or in the kingdom of heaven. Because where our heart is, or where our treasure is, excuse me, there our heart will be also. Then Jesus asks, so let me give you a test. See, this is all related. He, he looks to his followers and he sort of challenges them and says, what are you looking at? Are you looking at light or are you looking at darkness? Because whatever we are fixing our eyes upon, whatever, I mean, think about how powerful the gaze of the eyes is. Whatever we are fixing our eyes upon, is it light or is it dark? Because what we fix our eyes upon, Jesus says, will be the thing that fills us. If we focus on God in prayer and in fasting and we're connected to God and focused with God and looking at the light of this world, then we will indeed be filled with light. However, if we focus on darkness and the dark things of this world and the doubt and the cynicism and the fear of this world, then Jesus tells his followers that indeed you will also be filled with darkness. And what's interesting about this, the way he phrases this, if you look at verse 23, 
It's, it, the way they translate it in the NIV is that if your eyes are unhealthy, right? But it can also be translated as greedy or envious. If your eyes are greedy or if your eyes are envious of what other people have. See, in, in Matthew chapter 20, we have the story of the, the landowner who goes out and hires people. Right? And he goes first thing in the morning and then later in the day, later in the day, later in the day. And then at the end of the day, goes and gets people at the last minute and he pays them all the same. And at the end of that parable, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 15, the landowner, who I believe represents God, says to those who were upset with their wage, he asks them, and it's the same word, but in that passage it's translated greedy or envious. Are you envious of what I gave the other people? And so what Jesus is getting at here, I think, are we coveting what we see in this world? Are we envious of other people and what they have? Are we desiring more of the things of this world or more of the things of God? So see, it fits perfectly when going from treasures in heaven to this section on the eyes and what we're looking at, what Jesus is actually saying, are we looking at the things of God or the things of this world? Where is your treasure? In this way, Jesus' teaching actually fits perfectly and isn't odd at all. It flows perfectly. See, if we practice fasting to focus on God and do not focus on the treasures of this world, do not focus on the darkness or the greed or the envy, we are realizing and learning all the more that we, in fact, cannot serve two masters, just like he says. If we are focusing on God in prayer and in fasting, then our treasure will be with God and not in the things of this world. And what's amazing about this is, of course, Jesus knew what he was doing. It it goes right into the next section, which is the famous section on anxiety and on fear. And consider the birds of the air. And we'll get to that next week. But for now, just think about this for a second. Compare this teaching of of fasting and treasures in heaven with prayer and giving earlier in Matthew chapter 6. If we focus on Jesus, if you and I, through our giving, through our prayer, through our fasting, through our treasures that we're investing in in heaven rather than on earth, are focusing on Christ and Christ alone and do not worship money or power or greed, the gods of this world, Jesus says that we will experience the blessings of this kingdom. Jesus says that we will grow in righteousness, not just individually, but also as a community. And listen, church, I'm never going to try to tell you that life isn't hard. It's complicated, it's hard, it's painful. I mean, our Old Testament passage we read, it includes fasting, but it's a really sad story about a child dying. Life is hard. We know that, we get it. But Jesus gives us, you and I, his church, together, very clear helps on how to experience this communal righteousness. Very clear wisdom on how you and I can grow together in righteousness. And fasting is one of those things. How we can live righteous lives in the midst of this dark world. Jesus teaches us how to let go of our fears, how to love others the way he has loved us, how to bring his kingdom to earth, as we talked about last week. And it's up to us, to you and to me, to choose these things. It's up to us to make this choice, to implement these practices of righteousness in our daily lives, to focus on God, to choose to fast for a time, for a season, for whatever it is, that we would focus more on our Heavenly Father. 
that we would focus on the light that He brings. And, and, and one of the things that I've really been learning recently that I want to share with you just anecdotally, personally, is how this has played out in the last four months in my life. Um, think about the last, gosh, what is it now, July, four, five months. Think about your plans. Think about what you've lost. Think about what's been taken from you. Think about what's been postponed. Think about whatever it is. And when we think about these things, how much have we lost? We've lost time with family, time with friends, maybe vacations, maybe rest, maybe breaks, maybe whatever. And it hurts and it's hard. We had plans and they were taken from us. It's been a difficult time for everyone. We all have stuff we are going through because things were taken from us. Now, let me just say, it's okay to have plans. It's okay to make a plan for the future. It's okay to, to in, invest in a break. I'm not saying those things don't matter, but what I'm saying is this. And what I believe Jesus is teaching us here is this. If we set our mind, if we set our hearts and our minds and our focus through prayer and through fasting on our Heavenly Father, then we will get things, we will attain things, we will own things that can never be taken from us. If we make practices of giving and prayer and fasting together and individually to focus on God, to grow closer to God, to be with God, no matter the circumstances, those things cannot be taken from you. Those things cannot be stripped from you. If we spend our time and our energy to know that there is a God in heaven who loves and delights in us, that this same God, Christ, who died and lived and died on our behalf, then we would know the way to righteousness because that cannot be taken from us. Our God cannot be taken from us. And when we do these things, when we focus on God, when we focus on the light, and we live as a community of righteousness, even though our plans may change, even though we may lose trips and we may, you know, wonder about what the future holds, those things can never be taken from us. And so, church, for you and for me today, my encouragement is this. Invest in treasures in heaven. Prayer, scripture reading, giving, loving our neighbor, just choosing joy, being joyful people in this earth. Whatever it is, invest in the things that cannot be taken from us. Invest in the things that have a lasting impact. Invest in other human beings that God loves so dearly. Because those things cannot be taken from you and I. And then also on the other side of it, beware of our allegiance to this world. Beware of what we're looking at and focusing on. Because if we're not focusing on God, Jesus tells us that we're focusing on something that will lead us to darkness. Beware of what masters you serve. Beware of envy and greed that creeps in. Because as Jesus says, when our eyes are looking at the things that are dark, it will actually make us dark on the inside. Church, this is a compelling and difficult challenge. Because if we're all honest, we all focus on things that are not of the Lord. And yet we know that if we do, 
when we focus on the Lord, when we surrender the things and the wealth and the focus on the things of this world, not only are we forgiven, but that we see the light. Our Lord promises us this. And though many of us have lost a lot in recent months, many of us are still struggling dealing with the loss. We have not lost Christ. You have not lost Christ. This world cannot take that from you. And Jesus has indeed promised us this, right? That he will never leave or forsake us. And so, church, my prayer for you, my prayer for us together as a community, is that we would dig in and search for this righteousness that Jesus teaches. That you and I would together focus on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through prayer through difficult practices like fasting. Try it. See how it goes. This is what our God has called us to, to bring righteousness to the world, to to, to bring something that cannot be taken or lost. And so my prayer for you and for me is that we would live like this. And so may you go into this week and bring righteousness to your world, to your family, to your job, to your neighbor, and to your stranger. May the Lord be with you. May he bless you and keep you. And I hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.